Welcome, listeners, to your creepy Wednesday tale. And this is the final story in the Drunk Tank series. This episode is not for little ears and contains adult themes including sex, murder, physical abuse, and sexual assault. Not at all for little ears, my friends. The title of this tale is Gage King and is written by Empry Real Invective, a wonderfully talented author. Now, before I jump into my lovely thanks to you awesome supporters, this episode will be shorter than usual because my dividing fence between my neighbor and my own wall has collapsed due to strong winds last night. If you want to take a look at the outcome of crazy wind on the side of our house, swing on over to Patreon to check it out. The link is in the show notes, but you can visit www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt. It's a right old mess. Goodness. Just took the whole fence out. Which means I'm spending most of my day organizing people to fix that, getting quotes, and all that lovely business. So please, bear with me for this episode. Now to my awesome supporters that keep the blood of this show on fire. My Ode Night Tea Titans. Matthew J. Bauer. Ranger and Pathfinder of a World in Chaos. Trapper and Releaser of Troubled Animals in Troubled Times. With the knowledge of the cities around him, Matthew is able to negotiate even the hardest terrain with ease. Truly a skillful man in a dystopian world. And Maya, dubbed the Silent Acrobat. People only see shadows flickering in the night. Was it a cat? Was it a dog scampering across in the dark? Or something else malevolent? They'll never know until it's too late. Thank both of you brilliant people for supporting this show so much. I just got my mobile sound booth in and it's already set up, but I'll need to prepare it once the houseworker settle down. Either way, can't wait to use it. And all thanks to supporters like you. And my two lovelies that are my white tea warlords, I own cows, herding the hordes of wet brainers to their demise as the bovine breaker. And Lee Bauer, athletics and endurance is in your blood. They call you Blackout. Because before they know it, well, it's too late. Thank you both for your lovely support, the comments, and putting a smile on my face. And of course, my Ograin forces, Chad Warren, Joss Heather, Lorraine Grisanto, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Michelangelo Yacone, Robert Fisher, and Tasha Moncrief. Thank all of you for putting a bounce in my step. Now let's sink our teeth into today's grim and not-so-grim tale. Enjoy. Gage King I raise my head off the floor and sniff at the air. The scent is back. It's always like this. I'm sleeping and the similar smell drifts into my nostrils. In my days, I confuse it with the original source and my tail begins wagging. I am so excited. When I think she's returning to me that I forgot for a moment that she is gone. Likely for good. It takes me a little while to realize that 
Her scent is similar but not exact. My friend has been gone for years. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was scared. She smells like her, but it isn't her. Maybe they use the same scent? Soap or shampoo? I have seen her at a distance, but I've never gotten close enough to really get acquainted. Part of me is afraid that she'll be like the others. She's almost always in the same place day after day. She goes there each and every day. It's likely her territory. I don't even know if she looks like Donna, or if it's just the way she smells. I don't want to get too close to her. I have to be wary of people these days. It's not like it was before. People can't be trusted. A long time ago, I could walk up to almost anyone and get scratched behind the ears and played with without having to worry about being hurt. Nowadays, if I did that... I would likely be killed and eaten. They do that now. They let their stomachs and instincts guide them. They will do anything to survive. I can smell it on them. I am familiar with the scent of my kind being digested in their stomachs. Most of them are too uncoordinated to attempt to hunt us, but that doesn't mean they won't try for an easy meal if it falls into their laps. I don't hold it against them. I've been known to feed on their corpses when they go. I take opportunities just as they do. This world doesn't grant such gifts too often anymore. I watch her from a distance. She is leaning against a building. She has a crowbar next to her to chase people off that worry her. She rarely uses it, but keeps it around to warn people off. She waits there each day, and talks to people as they pass by her. Sometimes the people passing by say nothing to her. Other times they talk for a bit, before leaving her. Every once in a while, she takes someone into a nearby alley. They are usually only gone for 10 or 15 minutes, but when she isn't there, I get worried. I usually keep my distance for fear of her chasing me off too, but she typically doesn't react to my presence. I usually lay on the sidewalk and watch her as she waits. Is she waiting for someone too? It is different today. I've noticed that each day I'm a bit more close to her. She doesn't seem to mind me being there. I just want to be closer to that smell. I need to get right up next to her to make sure it's not her. Each time, I grow a little more bold. A part of me hopes it is actually her and that time has resulted in her scent changing. But I know that's not true. It can't be Donna. If it were, she would react to my presence. That doesn't change the fact that I'm still drawn to this girl with the familiar scent. I need to know for certain. A man stumbles up to her. It is obvious that he's had too much of the strange bitter food that makes everything act strange. I don't know why some people chose to eat it in excess. I can't understand how 
They can be happy in that state. It's disorientating and frightening. You could be attacked and wouldn't be able to defend yourself. Still, some people seek it out and eat it until their stomachs are heavy and they can barely walk. They talk for a few minutes before she speaks loud enough for me to hear her. A trade for a little bit of excitement? The man nods. He likely doesn't trust his mouth enough to try speaking. They head down the alley and this time, my curiosity is too much. She usually disappears for a couple of moments before heading back out. She usually smells of sweat when she comes back. I don't know what they're doing, but I want to find out. I approach the alley cautiously. I look around the corner and that's when I see them together. He is drunkenly on her. She is leaning against the wall and one leg is on the ground for stability, while the other is wrapped around him so he sloppily thrusts into her. I catch her eyes just as he reaches his climax. She looks away from me and back to him. He pulls her pants up. He reaches into his back pockets and clumsily tries to pull out something. It's a few peaches. The man hands two to her and shuffles away. He has what he wants and she got what she wanted. She cleans herself up and exits the alley. She returns to her spot and begins eating the peach. She cringes as she bites into it for the first time. It looks juicy and reeks of the substance that makes everyone uncoordinated. The juice runs down her face and drips onto her dress, but she is too busy eating it to really care. The way she eats it, it seems like this is the first bit of food she's had all day. She finishes the first peach, while looking at me lounging on the sidewalk appraisingly. She starts in on the other peach just as my stomach begins to rumble. It's a hollow and deep sound. I'm about to head off to scrounge up something to eat when she speaks. This stuff tastes like shit. Not sure if eating it without anything else in my stomach was a good idea. Might as well share the wealth. You're too skinny anyways. She throws a bit of fruit to me. I shy away from it until it hits the ground. I approach it and pin it under my paw as I take a bite out of the flesh. It tastes bad like everything else. The entire world smells off now. I remember back as a pup when the world was rife with new and interesting scents. Now the ground, the water, the people, and everything else just smells like that substance that makes it difficult to move around. I eat a little bit, but don't overdo it. I don't want to get sick. I need to be aware of my surroundings in case of a predator or invader into my territory. I stick around for the rest of the day until she decides to leave and I spend the night scavenging for scraps and leftovers. I join her again the next morning. She greets me, but doesn't approach me. We have established a comfort zone. She smiles at me and my tail starts to wag on its own. It's a dark, overcast day. It looks like it could rain any moment. We spend most of the day waiting for someone to come by. I keep her company. Now that I'm closer to her, I get a good look at her. Her hair is brown and scraggly. She is thin and looks wiry. She doesn't look like Donna. 
I'm not sure if that disappoints me or relieves me. Time passes quickly and it begins to get dark. She is getting ready to head home when a man comes down the street. Something is wrong with this one. He smells different from the rest. The other people smell like sweat. And, and the substance. This one has a different scent. I don't like it. He sees her and a smile spreads across his face. He approaches her while picking up a rock. He lobs it at me and I retreat out of range while he shouts. Get out of here, mutt. The girl snaps. She wasn't hurting anyone. You didn't need to throw a rock at her. Here, doggy. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was scared. He loses his interest in me and focuses on her. They begin talking, but I stay close. I don't want to leave her alone. The man has a bad scent. He smells like sweat, semen, sick and blood. He has one hand in his pocket, which she reaches out with the other and strokes the side of her face. She stiffens under his touch, but doesn't resist. She still wants something to eat for the day, but I can tell she is nervous. He says a few more things and they go into the alley together. I follow them, not wanting him to be alone with her. I creep into the alley just in time to see him press her up against the wall. She seems to be struggling in his embrace. This wasn't like her previous encounter. I hear his whiskey-washed whisper. What if I got nothing to trade for you, but still want what you got? Are you going to give it to me, or do I have to take it from you? She puts on a brave front, but she smells like perspiration and panic. She doesn't seem to want to fight and would rather run away. But I already know that he isn't going to let her. She goes to leave the alley, but he withdraws a small knife from his pants and brandishes it at her. He is close enough to cut her and that stops her dead in her tracks. He continues talking. I'm going to get what I want. If you deny me, then I will have to cut a hole into you that I can use. Don't bite back, and you might even enjoy it. He starts towards her with his knife at the ready, and that's when I intervene. My teeth sink into him before he knows I'm coming. I tear at his calf and taste the blood beginning to well up in the puncture wound. He turns and strikes at my head, but I'm clamped onto his leg and not letting go. He is shocked and hasn't begun to think with his head yet. He forgets that he has the knife in his right hand. I hope I can scare him off before he remembers. But he recovers quickly and stabs the blade in between my shoulders. I release him and twist away, taking his knife with me. I'm lost in the excitement and barely feel the injury. The man backs away from us, but makes no moves to flee. He realizes that he is bigger and likely stronger than both of us. He thinks he can kill us and then take what he wants. What he does not realize is that two are more powerful than one, and that in his current state, he really doesn't stand much of a chance now that he is weaponless. The girl pulls the knife free from my shoulder blades. It hurts. But she is armed and having the knife seems 
to bolster her confidence. I lead the charge and snap at him. He is prepared for me and does his best to keep me from slipping under his defenses and at an arm's length. He is too focused on warding me off and doesn't see the woman coming. She lunges forward towards his left side and with a scream drives the blade into his stomach. He groans, half in surprise and half in agony, and she presses the blade deeper. He backhands her just as she jerks the blade to the right, effectively opening him up. She falls back onto the ground at the force of his attack. His insides are now outside and he is afraid. He tries to back away but I see my opening and attack. He is busy trying to press his intestines back into him as I slam into him. I barreled into him and knocked him off his feet. He weakly tries to push me off but I am energized by the prospect of ending him and my full weight is on him now. I sink my teeth into his neck and clamp down. I feel him wheezing and struggling against me, but I have him in my jaws. His fists pummel at me, but his wounds leave him weak. I bite down hard and feel his throat collapse under the pressure. I twist my head and tear into the wound. Warm red fills my mouth and I know that the fight is over. I ravage his neck for a few more moments until I am completely certain he is dead. He has finally stopped twitching. His throat is red, raw, and open to the world. We are safe. He is gone. I look up and try to lick my muzzle clean of his blood. He tastes like sick and filth and I want his scent off me. I make eye contact with the girl. She looks at me with fear, showing on her face. It's a familiar look. It's the same way that Donna looked at me that night. I can't stop it now. The memories rush back to the surface, and I am lost to them. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was scared. That was the first time I really lost control of my body and experienced that now familiar sensation. I had trouble seeing and everything seemed blurry. I thought I was dying. I staggered around before finally falling on my face. Donna was laughing, I don't know why. It sounded weird like her tongue wouldn't cooperate with her. It came out as a slurred sound. I was so scared and confused. As I lay on my stomach, I began to dry heave. A whitish, grey mucus comes up. It tastes bad, but I don't want to lose my meal. I tried to eat it, but suddenly a pair of hands grabbed me and jerked me away from the vomit. I reacted without thinking. I snapped out and caught one of the hands in my teeth. My teeth found flesh, and I bit deep. I smelled blood, and I heard her scream. When I realized what I did, I let go. I didn't mean to bite Donna. She hit me hard. I yelped in pain. That was the first time she hit me, and it hurt. She reeled back and slapped me again. My vision exploded into a bright flash. I tried to rise to my feet, but I can't. She struck me again and began yelling angrily. 
I managed to get up and try to get away, but she kept hitting me. I managed to make it to the door, but she has followed me. She was still yelling when I got to the doggy door. I looked back one more time at Donna. She has grabbed the knife off the counter and was chasing after me. I make it out the small gap in the door that allowed me to enter and leave without needing to open the door completely. I ran down the street with her sprinting after me and shouting. I kept running until I was sure that I was alone. I didn't know where I was. I kept running. I never stopped. I'm too caught up in the past to realize how much blood I lost in the struggle, and I'm panting heavily. My head feels light and everything looks dark. I can barely stand up. The rush of excitement is dribbling away and is quickly replaced by pain and dizziness. A long, low whine comes out of me without my consent before I pass out. I see her approaching me and the last thing I see is her retrieving the knife from the ground. The first words I hear are, You're one tough bitch. I wake up in her lap in a place I'm not familiar with. Everything here smells like her. The space in between my shoulder blades feels tight and painful, but I am no longer bleeding. I am wrapped in something that prevents me from moving too much. I work to try and free myself, but she speaks softly and reassuringly in my ear. I realize that I am too weak to fight back or escape, so I just lay there. She strokes my head in slow, repetitive movements, while softly crying. I can't understand why. The man is dead and gone. There's no reason to cry. She reaches down to my old collar and looks at the tag. She continues talking. Gage King, huh? Not sure I like the ring of it. It doesn't really work for a lady, does it? Looks like both of us are on our own here. Let's try to come up with a better name for you. She spends the rest of the night talking softly with my head in her lap. I sleep close to her that night. I am too tired to move and she seems comfortable in that position. My head is resting on her lap and she leans up against the wall. She is impaired. Her breath smells like the substance that makes everyone act the way they do. A small part of her has the same scent of the man. She smells like that bitter liquid some of the more unpredictable people drink. Even though she's intoxicated, I don't feel worried. I feel safe with her. I fall asleep with her scent all around me. I drift in and out for a few days. Sometimes she is there, sometimes she isn't. There's always water in a bowl and a little bit of kibble that smells stale and is as hard as rocks. But it's better than nothing. I eat what I can. When she's around, she scratches me behind the ears and talks to me about her day. I eventually grow strong enough to move around her apartment. Everything smells like her and it comforts me. The girl constantly talks about how dangerous the streets are now. Apparently, there are more men like the one I killed in the alley in the city since I've been gone. A week later, she makes her proposal. She is sitting in her chair and my head is in her lap. She is eating a bruised apple and is silent for a few moments before stating, 
I don't like it here much anymore. There aren't enough trustworthy people to make a living. I think you are one of the few left I can actually trust. I think we should blow this popsicle stand before any more dangerous people try to take advantage of us. So what do you say, gal? Wanna come with me? I wag my tail and look up into her eyes. That's enough for her to understand that I'm going with her. She wraps her arms around me, and I take this opportunity to sniff her hair. She no longer smells like Donna. She smells like something new altogether. I enjoy the smell. We leave her apartment together and begin walking towards the horizon. For the first time in a long time, I feel like I'm actually home. Well, the last story didn't end on a bad note, and with all the awful outcomes in the previous tales taking place, it's nice to end on a positive note for a change. Well, listeners, this Friday is going to be some unique stories by awesome people like yourself experiencing strange and awful events that will surely affect them the rest of their lives. I'm in the process of gathering and hand-picking these stories, and we'll have them ready for you and your lovely ears this Friday. Alright mates, I'll be off to resolve the massive hole in the side of my property, but as always, till next we meet.